Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax, just set aside whatever else is going on, whatever you're hoping for or planning for or trying to avoid or are anxious about, just put those to the side for now. You don't have to be you know, aggressive about it. Just let them fall by the wayside. And just as a reminder, God knows exactly what circumstances you're in. He crafted those circumstances for you. But this is also every day is an opportunity. Every circumstance that we find ourselves in is an opportunity. It's a a learning experience. A lot of times we don't like what um, the situation that God has put us in. We don't get to choose. We are following along our spirit. Your spirit and God's spirit have become one. My spirit and God's spirit have become one. In spirit, we are all one. We are all looking at our lives, spiritually speaking, from that perspective. Now, our soul, you're going to be in a different place in your soul as I am. Just as in geographically, you're in a different place in the natural. Your body is not at the same place my body is. Just as in, but it's no better or worse than where your body is. Likewise, your soul is exactly where God wants it, but it's not at the same place mine is. It's in a unique location and a unique situation, and it's a location and situation that God has crafted for you. Now, we talk a lot about, you know, we, we need to learn this, we need to learn that. That's really not the goal. Is to, the goal is not to learn. Because we, we think very often learning something is then we're knowledgeable about it and then we can teach it. For our intents and purposes, when we are talking about learning something, it's experiencing it. You can learn how to skydive, how to jump out of a plane with a parachute. But learning about it, watching it, hearing about it from other people, even doing a simulator is different than experiencing it. Now, you can get to the point where you've learned so much, you can even teach other people how to jump out of that plane even if you've never done it. <clears throat> and and frankly, there's a lot of that in the Christian church, in established religion. There are a lot of people preaching about God who don't know him. Because what they're doing is 
they are teaching what they have learned. So this is where we need to develop good discernment. It's not about learning discernment, good judgment, variancing it. Now we can, one way to look at experiencing, you know, God drawing our attention, is God drawing our attention to something unusual. Because very often we look for, we don't want to become overly critical. We don't want to be looking for a problem, something wrong with someone, something wrong with a teaching, something wrong with a situation. We don't want to be looking for something wrong. We want to be open to God drawing our attention in whatever way he chooses. Now, God is faithful to do that. He teaches us how to increase our awareness of his presence. Now, we've talked before about God, not Jesus knocking. Jesus on the outside while we're on the inside. He's knocking. He's, he's doing what he can to get our attention. But we often don't perceive we are so focused on what we're doing that we are not attentive and aware to that knocking. And that knocking can be anything. Most of the time, it's we are, unfortunately, negatively bent people. We, we respond better to things that we perceive as a problem versus something that is going good in our lives. We're much, we're much more responsive to criticism than encouragement. We'll grab that, that criticism, oh, you need to do this better, and we'll work on that. But if somebody comes along and says, wow, that was really great, we have a, hard, we have a time going, no, push that aside. No, it wasn't anything, we push that aside. That's because of our soul. Our soul has learned to live without eternal life. So your soul, my soul, is negatively bent right off the bat. bat. So we need to, um, it's helpful to grasp that from the very beginning. That's where we're at. That's the way we are right now. That's not who you truly are. You are not truly negatively bent, more responsive to the negative. Your true state of being for your soul is to be bent towards life, whatever that is, whatever God is saying, whatever God is doing. In your true being of your soul, your soul without its bad habits recognizes the presence of God in every situation because your God is present in every situation. He not only is present, he is orchestrating it. We often talk about the sovereignty of God. Well, what does that mean? 
if he's not sovereign over everything, he's sovereign over nothing. We can't use that word. So if we believe that, that he knows what he's doing, very often we try to find a reason why things don't happen the way we expect them to. And what we're trying to do is figure out what God is doing. And very often, you know, in those storms, you know, God says, be still and know that I am God. And a lot of people, be still and know. No, it's not, that's not the emphasis. The emphasis is, I am. I am God. He's the God. We ask him, we say, Lord, what's going on? He is under absolutely no obligation to tell you. You know, we want to know, we want to understand. And that's, again, that's where we are right now. But we're not heading towards getting greater understanding. We are heading towards accepting less understanding. And having a confidence that God knows what he's doing, that God loves us, that what he's doing is an expression of that love because we have experienced who he truly is. So we often think that the more growth we have, the more, you know, we we talk about being more spiritually mature, whatever that is, that you'll have more information. You won't make as many mistakes. You won't you know, fill in the blank. You'll you'll be able to move mountains and raise the dead and do this, that, and the other thing. Well, none of that may be true at all. Now, there's something we, we want to recognize that all those things take a certain level of great character, you know, diligence and um, pursuit and patience and habit. But that doesn't necessarily reflect a relationship with God. Those are all things that are going on in their soul, not our spirit. And we can get so focused on those and so caught up with those. Encouraging and, and stirring up the abilities in your soul can be just as distracting from God's knocking as anything else. And very often when there's stressful situations, that's exactly what happens. We try to find God. And he's knocking, saying, let me in. But we want him to come in a certain way. We want him to express himself in a certain way. And again, most of the, a lot of times, not most, but, well, maybe most, he comes in ways we don't expect, and he knows that we are negatively disposed. We talked so many times about how he most often gets our attention in the three areas of our lives, relationships, our health, and our finances. And if something in one of those areas keeps popping up, Odds are God's trying to get your attention and you're 
not responding to his knocking. But even in the little things that can happen is he will draw our attention by things going wrong in an area. And it doesn't have to be a big area. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be forgetting your car keys. And then you have that sense, wait a minute, something else is going on here. Just something unusual, something out of your habit. You know, we all have routines. We all have ways of doing things. Um, Just a real simple example is driving out of your, you know, going to work, pulling out of your garage, pulling into traffic, and then not remembering if your garage door closed all the way. Now, the way, I'll just use my example, my house is an example. By the time I pull out of my driveway and I'm ready to pull off, my garage door is down. I don't think about it. But something in my peripheral vision or something, when it doesn't go all the way down and pops back up, it catches my attention. I don't have to think about it. It's just my senses, my my vision and my perception is aware if it doesn't happen. If there's something going on, I stop and go, oh, wait a minute, my garage door popped back up. Things like that. You're baking. You're doing other projects. You're working with a team, and somebody doesn't show up. You know, you're working, you know, you have a meeting, and somebody doesn't show up, and you go, okay, something's going on there. And a lot of times it's just, ah, they're just, you know, late, or they didn't come in, or this. Sometimes that there might be a little, you know, draw your attention to it. Those are things that are knocking. It's our perception that as we spend time with God, our perception is sharpened. And we find that happening more and more in our lives the more we are available. Because what that is is going on in your soul. Remember, your spirit is one with God. It's your soul. It's my soul that's the problem. The body is the last to line up. The body can be fully regenerated, and we can talk about that some other time, but if if Lazarus can be raised from the dead and Jesus can be raised from the dead, those are both, you know, the physical is actually really easy for God to deal with. Our problem is the soul. God values your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. He values it. He appreciates it. But it's disconnected from your spirit. So here, while we're here on this earth and we're learning about how our soul functions, it is helpful. And, and we have problem with terms. When we start confusing spiritual and supernatural, that causes a problem. 
Now, I'm not saying, you know, at some point in time I might choose a better word than supernatural. But right now that fits the simplicity of what I'm trying to get to. I don't want to make it more complex. I want to make it simpler. Because God is actually simple. He loves us and he wants what's best for us. If we can accept that and start enjoying that in its simplicity, Man likes to make complex what God has made simple. He loves us. His nature is love. His na- and he shows that his, his nature is active by giving. And his desire is that your soul be able to receive everything that he wants to give through our spirit. So again, your spirit relationship with God is finished. It's done. He's not knocking in your spirit. He's knocking in your soul. And your soul dwells in the supernatural realm. And I'm trying to figure out a way to to illustrate that in some kind of a graphic. It's it's challenging because how do you put supernatural, you know, the supernatural realm with soulful and other kinds of spheres into a two-dimension graphic. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Hopefully I'll get something somewhat illustrative. The whole point being, though, is that we are not our soul. We are not our body. We are our spirit. And so who you are is already complete and entire, dwelling in the kingdom of God your, soul, your spirit has all the eternal life it's ever going to get. You are seated in heavenly places with God right now. You have received everything you need for life and godliness already. You are a co-inheritor with him, a joint heir with Christ. But that's your spirit, not your soul. Your soul is being reconnected. And he draws our attention in subtle ways. And usually that is far more important than getting new revelation or stirring up your gifts to where you gain a ministry or change the world or affect your community or evangelize your county, your town. Having that perception of God's presence is far more valuable and will provide you with a far greater satisfaction and confidence. So much of our a great goal is to increase confidence that you are hearing him clearly and regularly and with enjoyment. You know, God enjoys you. He doesn't just love you. I mean, again, that's his nature. But he enjoys you. He likes you. He likes being around you. He thinks you're good company. We go, well, you know, he you know, he can't look at all the mistakes I've made or we say, well, he sure has a funny way of showing that. He never answers when I talk to him. We all have a comeback. That's your soul. That's not your spirit. Your spirit is 
one with him. Your spirit is communing with him always. Now your soul, the way God created your soul to connect with your spirit, your soul is meant, and that's one of our long-term goals that God is bringing us to, is to experience that same oneness, that same enjoyment, that God loves your company and that we love his company. You know, we think so often that, that what God wants for us are these big things. You know, that we're, you know, we're here on this earth to change the world. Or what we accomplish here is what we will kind of puts us in the, the zone of how we're going to spend eternity. You know, if we do really, really well, we'll have a crown with, with jewels and we'll be in the tier one, you know, thrones. We'll be in the really big thrones close to God. I don't know what people think. Pretty much the way things work is it's much more related to responsibility than reward. You know, the more you know God, the more responsibility he's going to give you because he wants you to enjoy that trust. He wants you to enjoy that confidence. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need my help. Nobody needs to help God out. Now, what we can do is take advantage of opportunities and recognize that knocking. And it's usually just the most subtle things. It's not, okay, you know, a car crash. It's noticing a slippage in your transmission or the air conditioning not working the way it used to. Noticing the small things is better than having to having to receive a telegram from an angel. You know, we all want big experiences like that. We all want to have the supernatural experiences. We all want the angel with the telegram. But if you think about it, a lot of times that means that you've been missing all the other times he's been trying to get your attention. And the only thing that breaks through all the clutter is something tremendous and huge. An angel with a telegram. So we want to get in the habit of recognizing those small, subtle things. So let's talk about the supernatural realm a little bit. Now, supernatural simply means above the natural. And we've talked about the supernatural abilities and people call them gifts people call them spiritual gifts we're not going to get into how the what the greek does with these terms how they're used in old testament versus new testament um this thinking that thinking how other people take care of them we're not going to do any of that if you believe something about them that works for you, then that's fine. I, if it's bringing you into a greater dependence on God, go for it. If God is, is saying, this is what I want you to do, then go for it. 
This is not about who's right or who's wrong. It's if what you are learning is bringing you into a greater confidence and dependence on God, keep doing it. If God wants to change your direction, let him. That's it. But these supernatural abilities, they reside in your soul, not your spirit. In your spirit, you have the same qualities as God's spirit. Now, this is very hard for us to accept because we are so far in perception away from that concept that in that as a spirit being, being in Christ, being in God, we have the same power and authority and omniscience and insight and abilities and love and justice and forgiveness. We have all the qualities that God has in our spirit because our spirit is in him and our spirit is one with him and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. But our soul is disconnected. I have no idea why God is doing things the way he's doing. That's up to him. But we can enjoy the process or we can fight against it. But I think the process is the process. He's got us here on this earth for a certain purpose and we can't just try to get out of it. We put off till tomorrow what God wants to do today. And a lot of our doctrines we believe because they are comfortable for us. And we're all at a different comfort level, and we follow that comfort level according to, we, we choose the belief according to our comfort level. But let's talk about those supernatural abilities. Where we don't go by what's listed in, even if this book or that book is the scriptures, the Bible. It was never meant to be a restriction. It was never meant, what was written in Paul's letters were letters. The epistles of Paul, the letters, he wrote them. To teach, now certainly to teach, but to teach his experience, to teach what God was teaching him. Nowhere does he claim to have a corner on truth or righteousness. In fact, there's times when he says in his letters, I say, not God, but I say, and vice versa. He said, now this is what I believe God is saying. So he is very clear in himself that there are things that he's teaching, and then there's things that he knows God is saying. So we want to have that experience as well. We want to know what we believe that is from God versus what we believe and know and how we behave that is from our soul. Now, God gave you the soul you have when he put you in your body at some point in time. I don't know. But your soul has specific abilities your soul has power your soul has authority and it has power and authority in the realm it dwells in so sort of horizontal parallel that's the supernatural realm 
And then lower below it is the natural realm. And your soul has power and authority in the supernatural realm. It also has power and authority over the natural realm. Just a quick example is that my favorite story about Jesus telling his disciples, you speak to that mountain and you say, be cast, you know, be cast into the sea and it will be cast into the sea. The mountain is a natural thing. It's not a spiritual thing. It's not a solical thing. The mountain is of the earth. It's a natural being. It's a, a natural part of the natural realm. And God, Jesus was telling them they could use the power of their soul, the power and authority that was in their soul right then, to control the natural realm, a mountain. Now, what's interesting is they had no spiritual power or authority. Even though they were walking around with the Son of God, Jesus Christ, they themselves were not Christians. They believed that Christ was the Son of God. They believed who he was. And it was counted to them as righteousness, just as it was to Abraham and all those that had come before. But they were still in the Old Testament. They were still under the law. It wasn't until the crucifixion where their sins were paid for and the resurrection where they were given a new spirit that they became a spiritual creature. So until those two events happened, they were functioning out of the power and authority of their soul, not their spirit. And we'll pick it up in that area, in that general vicinity, next time. If you've got any questions, I always enjoy hearing from you. It's Diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio or through the contact form on the website at therainersclub.org. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Bye.